Thank you, Jim. That was great. Great words. Um, good morning. Welcome. How are we doing? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Good to be together this morning. Great to be able to share in these well-known stories, these familiar passages. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be able to just share some words, some thoughts with you this morning as we carry on with this series that we're looking at. Oh, hear the angel voices. And um, we want to be hearing from these angelic voices. We want to be hearing more than just from angelic voices. We want to be hearing from the Lord himself, from Jesus, saying, come and speak, come and share your heart, your words with us. We want to have eyes that are open this morning. We've been praying and singing how great God is this morning. But we also want to have ears that are open. Often we say, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. But this morning we pray, Lord, open my ears to hear your word afresh to me. And Matt started off this little mini-series last week by holding up the Bible and saying that we're at this point where the page has been turned. The old is gone, the new is here. There's something new is emerging, something new is happening. And we saw the revelation that angel Gabriel coming to Zechariah, and now the angel appears to Mary. Something new is happening. A change is coming. We can sense it. We can hear it. We're getting ready. (laughs) We're preparing, aren't we, in this season of Advent. Lord, do something new in my life. Change me today, I pray. And so, like I say, it's a familiar story. It's one we know well. And um, as I was kind of reading it, I was kind of wrestling with like, Lord, what, what is it, something new you want me to bring? And I just felt God saying, it's okay. This is the word of God. Just come again, come again with open ears, open hearts to hear with awe and wonder these words again. These incredible words of what God has done. I feel God inviting us and saying, come and see what God has done. That's what Advent's all about, isn't it? Getting ready, preparing So hear that invitation this morning to come and hear what God has done. Let's pray before we dig in to this passage together. Lord God, open my eyes, open my ears to hear your word anew. May this familiar story be like a breath of fresh air. May your spirit come, I pray, and just breathe life into me, into us, into all those that hear your word afresh this morning. Thank you, God, for your word. It is a living, breathing thing. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great. So just a little bit of kind of background, bit of info. Um, We saw Zachariah's miraculous encounter with the angel Gabriel last week about saying that God is doing something significant in Israel's history. We know that John is about to be born, John the Baptist. And now we hear about the one who's going to be the one that John is preparing for. He's preparing the way for the Lord and here he comes. But I hear you cry. How's he going to do it? 
Luke is brilliant. The author, Luke, carries on the story and tells us again that the angel visits a young girl called Mary to announce even more shocking news. It was shocking enough last week, wasn't it? We all felt the weight of Zachariah going into the temple, the Holy of Holies, and there encounters this angel. Whereas now we receive even more shocking news that Mary will give birth to the Messiah, God in human form. And Luke is writing this. It's helpful just to remember, Luke, why are you writing all these things down? And he's writing it for his friends, this person who's asked him to record it all. Theophilus, I'm going to go for. I can't do their names, but we'll go for Theophilus, it says in verse 3 and 4 of Luke 1. It says, I'm writing these things to you so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Theolophus has got this already. He's already following Jesus. He's always going, yeah, I get this. But now Luke, our friend, our doctor, is going, right, I'm going to write this down for you and for others so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. I think that's fascinating that today we can have certainty in the word of God. We can have certainty in the things that I learned when I was a child, when I was a teenager, when I was pretending to be an adult in my 19s and 20 year old, when I was wrestling with this stuff. Today we are told we can have certainty in these things that we've been taught. And so these words give us hope, grow our faith in Jesus. And so let's see what is being announced in this incredible story. It gives us a little bit of background, first of all, by saying, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel to Gabriel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. God is breaking in. It's been 400 years of silence we heard last week, isn't it? And now... How does he declare this new kingdom, this amazing good news? Where is this good news breaking out? Is it in centre stage in Jerusalem where everyone's going to hear about it through powerful rulers? Is that where it happens? We know the story, don't we? We know it comes through a virgin girl, probably aged between 16, uh, 12 to 16. That's when young women were pledged to be married. She was living in Nazareth. Why not in Jerusalem? This little kind of market town in the region of Galilee. An obscure town. It's not even mentioned in the Old Testament. It seems insignificant compared to Jerusalem. Mary is young, female, most likely quite poor. Seen as a sort of nobody really in the world. Someone who's overlooked. And yet God's plans are different. God's ways are always surprising, aren't they? They're incredible. They're unbelievable that God breaks in with good news in this way to a young woman in the middle of nowhere. This is how God chooses to declare that God is doing something. God is on the move. And let's listen to some of the things that the angel says. I love some of these words, and I'm not really going to apply them to you today. I'm not going to say, oh, this is what you need to do, go away and think about this. 
I just would love us to hear some of these words, just to sit under the words that Gabriel says. So this is the first bit of words that Gabriel says. Greetings. Hail. Welcome. (laughs) Amazing. Doesn't say that to Zachariah. Jumps in with do not be afraid. But here we get greetings. You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Isn't that great? Hear those words again. Greetings. You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. She's welcomed. She's given a greeting as a poor, young, insignificant woman. She's told she's highly favoured. Imagine hearing those words from the angel. This young girl hearing these words from the angel of the Lord. A message from the throne of God himself. And you hear these words. You are highly favoured. Isn't that amazing? Incredible. If that's not enough, just to say you are highly favoured, that would be the mic drop moment and you just walk away. Boom, done it. What else? The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. God is near to this young, poor lady. God sends an angel to declare good news to Mary. She is welcomed, greeted, valued. She is honoured and the Lord is with us, with her. This is good news. This is the good news of what we believe today. That Jesus comes and God brings this welcome to us and says that we're valued. We're highly favoured. That God is with us. God is breaking in to fulfill his plans and promises in the most unlikely of places, to the most unlikely of people, and yet this is his plan to save all people. Wouldn't be my plan, it would be foolish, wouldn't it? Starting with someone in the middle of nowhere, so insignificant, and yet this is God's plan, God's ways. This is how his kingdom is going to come, through a vulnerable girl in a quiet town. Yes, says the angel Gabriel, this is how the good news is coming. (laughs) And no wonder Mary's response was to be greatly troubled and wondered what this good news was going to be, what this greeting is. I think she'd be absolutely terrified. What? Not only was she, oh, greatly troubled. (laughs) I think that's putting it mildly. I don't think sometimes we grasp the sort of weight of some of these words. She's greatly troubled. She must have been thinking, this is incredible. This is unbelievable. Why has Mary been spoken to by the angel after all these years of silence? What's going to happen to me, she must be thinking. What kind of greeting is this? So we hear more from the angel. Listen to these words. The angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. The same words that we heard to Zechariah, do not be afraid. But this time he used his own name, Mary, 
These are words of comfort. These are words of drawing her in. There's authority and hope in these words. Do not be afraid. God often brings these words of comfort and hope and hope as he speaks into our situations. This is what Mary needed to hear at that time. Her strength and her faith came from hearing these initial words. Do not be afraid. And as I was preparing this, I maybe sensed that those are the words that maybe someone needs to hear again this morning. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. Do not be afraid. Whatever you or I are facing today, the Lord is here. Do not be afraid. And then the angel continues on, having said, Mary, it's okay, I've got this. Do not be afraid. God has found favour with you. He then goes on to explain what's going on, what, how this is going to happen, and who Jesus is. He says that you are going to conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. And the name Jesus is the Greek word for Joshua. And it was common in Old Testament names, times. I think it used to be one of the most popular names still in school. I taught lots of Joshua's and Joshua's. And we promised that we would never call our (laughs) children Joshua because we taught lots of them. (laughs) But here Jesus is called that echo with the Old Testament of Joshua. And why was he called that? It's because it contains the word saves. Jesus is the Lord who saves. He is the one that is going to save his people from their sins. God is coming to save people through Jesus, the new Joshua. Jesus is this promised Joshua, the one who would lead his people, not just into the promised land for a few people, but into the promises of God that all people might be saved. This is Jesus. And then Gabriel goes on to continue with some of the promises of the Old Testament and tell us about the one who saves. And he declares, he will be great. I loved our song choices this morning. Weren't they great? How great is our God? Let's sing, let's declare, how great is our God? That all may know, that all may see that he is Lord. And as I read that, I went, yeah, he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And then I paused and went, he will be great. I almost skipped over it. I almost missed it. Jesus is great. Jesus is amazing. Hear that this morning. I heard it afresh this week. Jesus is great. He's great in every way. He is incredible. Jesus is great. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the bread of life. He is the way. He is the good shepherd. He is our great high priest. He is the image of God. The King of kings. The Lamb of God. The light of the world. The resurrection and the life. The Son of God, the Word of God, He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is 
great. Oh man, I thought we were going to get a round of applause there. Come on. (laughs) And whether you clapped or whether you went, yes, in your heart, I don't mind. But Lord Jesus, you are great. If anything goes away in your ears today, just hear those words. Jesus, you are great. You are awesome. You are amazing. Amen. (laughs) It's great, isn't it? But the angel continues, and I'm going to continue a bit more. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Here we see Luke showing us a bit more of who Jesus is. He's the Son of the Most High. The Son of God. Just allow that to drop in. Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. He is God himself, Jesus, the Son of God. A new reign is here that is even greater than the greatest king of Israel, even greater than King David, he says. He's a descendant. Sorry, Joseph is this descendant to fulfill the promises of Jesus. And so God has promised that his line will last forever, and there's an echo here from 2 Samuel 7, 7, 16 that says, Your house and your kingdom will endure forever. Your throne will be established forever. David's throne came to an end. His line continued and it continued to Joseph. But the line of Jesus is here today. Jesus' kingdom, Jesus' life is in me and it is you And it will go on forever and ever, for eternity. His kingdom will never end. Hallelujah. Amazing truths this morning. His kingdom will never end. And so this new kingdom of God has been announced. Mary's son, Jesus, will bring down the rulers from their thrones and exalt the poor and the humble. Through Mary's womb, God himself is turning everything upside down to establish his kingdom and way of life over all the earth. And here we go. How are you going to do this, God? How is all this possible? And that's exactly what Mary says. She says, how will this be? How is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I've never had sex. How is this going to happen, God? We contrast that with uh, Zachariah's response where he says, "Ah," in verse 18, he said, how can I be sure of this? And we go, well, right, Zachariah, listen up. You're going to be quiet. Take note. Notice. Notice Mary's how isn't, oh, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe it. She's like, how is this going to be possible? This is incredible. It's a very different response. Mary has faith in God, and she asks for more insight. Maybe I need more insight. Maybe you need more insight today. It's okay to ask God and go, how is this possible? How is this going to work? So she asks, and the angel answers her. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive in a, is now in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. 
There's a further declaration. We've got lots of hallelujahs. Bless you, Sylvia. It's so good. There is a further declaration of Jesus' status here. He's reinforcing Gabriel's earlier statement of Jesus being called the Son of the Most High. Here, he says, Jesus is the Son of God. And we see the Holy Spirit at work here too. The Holy Spirit will come on you, it says, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And I love that word, overshadow. You've probably got those images happening in your mind as well. When you think of overshadow, you maybe think of the Old Testament in that holy sense of God's presence, that presence of God in the cloud as they followed the Holy Spirit in the wilderness. And that, um, and that covering as it settled on the tabernacle, as the tent was filled with the glory of God. It's that same word that we see in the transfiguration as well to describe the overshadowing of the cloud. Where others in the Old Testament had been filled with the Spirit to perform a task for a season, for a time, even John the Baptist was full of the Spirit from birth. Jesus is far above these things. He is even greater. He is actually conceived through the Holy Spirit His whole creation, his very being, was itself the work of the Spirit. Incredible. This mark of the Spirit is unique. Jesus is holy. He is the Son of God, the Messiah. Jesus is God in human flesh. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Incredible. Unbelievable. My mind is still wrestling, grappling, saying yes to these things, but wow, and how, just like Mary is saying today. We awe and wonder at the God who changes everything, who fulfills his promises in Jesus, the Son of the Most High, from the throne of David, who will reign in the ha- over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then, just so that Mary's really sure, he says these words, these incredible words in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. No promise from God will ever fail. God's words, God's promises are sure. The old NIV version that I've got in my Bible And the ESV version says, for nothing will be impossible with God. It's one of the most reassuring statements in scripture. And so as we hear this Christmas story again with fresh ears, let's wonder with love and praise as we remember that nothing will be impossible with God. So to close... As we read this account of Gabriel's visit to Mary, it all just seems unbelievable. And I hope you've heard some of that unbelievableness this morning as we read it again. These words are familiar and we go, oh yeah, this happened, this happened, Gabriel came, Mary conceived through the Holy Spirit. These things are unbelievable. They are incredible. But this is the point. This is our God. He's the God of the impossible. It is impossible. The previous story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, an old man having a child in their old age. Crazy, impossible. 
Mary, a young woman, having a baby without having sex. These stories challenge us. They dare us to hope that the seemingly impossible is possible. I'll say that again. These stories challenge us to hope that the seemingly impossible is possible. They help us align our lives around impossible possibilities. (laughs) That's who we believe in. We believe in the gods of impossible possibilities. Hmm. I love uh, what the father said uh, when he brought his uh, demon-possessed boy to Jesus. He says, I do believe. (laughs) Help me overcome my unbelief. Sometimes I feel like that. I go, Jesus, I believe. (laughs) Help me with my unbelief. Help me to trust you more, to follow you more, to recognize your goodness, your greatness. And so maybe you've heard some words this morning, some things that you think, yeah, I need to hear those words again. Maybe as we finish, you need to hear those words. Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Or maybe you just need to hear that phrase again. Do not be afraid. You have found favour with God. Or maybe today we just, just? It's not never a just. We need to remember, Jesus is great. He is good news. He is the one that changes everything. Amen. He is mine and he is yours. Thank you, Sylvia. And maybe today you just need to hear those words again. For no word from God will ever fail. Nothing will be impossible with God. And at the end of all of this, Mary says these great words. I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> May your word be word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Incredible. And my prayer, and I hope your prayer this morning is, <laughs> here I am, Lord. <laughs> I'm your servant. Use me, take me. Remind me that you are great, that nothing is impossible with you. You are good. I do not need to be afraid. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are great. You are amazing and we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these familiar words that remind us of your greatness, your goodness your impossible possibilities. You are the Son of God, Jesus. You are the Most High, and we worship you. We praise you. You are good. Lord, help us in our faith. Maybe pray for someone here who's either in the room or listening online that maybe says, For the first time, Jesus, you are great. Jesus, I trust you. I put my trust and my hope and my faith in you. Jesus, the one who saves. 
encourage you to pray that prayer really simply. Lord Jesus, you are the one who saves. Help me to be like Mary and to put my trust in you. I am your servant. Take my life, Lord. Use it for your glory. Jesus, we worship you.